Earlier in the month, I found myself buying a car for a friend, um, family moving from France and living in Ireland for the year, such as their love for the place. And Eric had asked me to source a car for him, his wife and kids at a certain price and it needed to be automatic and he had sent me a link to a few cars that were on sale through dealerships in the area. I'm not going to name the dealerships for reasons that should become apparent. So off I went to uh, buy this car and all I was really told was that it had to be automatic and at a certain price. So it narrowed the prospecting down to about four or five different vehicles that were for sale in the area. And I went to the first dealership and within, um, I guess about five minutes, I had a couple hundred quid knocked off the price of a car that I was gonna test drive but still hadn't exchanged my name or telephone number. And I, all in, I went to the dealership three times and they still don't know my name and they still haven't got my telephone number. I got a test drive in the car and the owner of the dealership asked the cleaner to sit alongside me, I guess for fear that I was going to drive off with the car or something. And um, car was okay. Car was in good order. Um, but my problem was that if they weren't interested in finding out who I was or anything about me when I was buying the car, I felt that they wouldn't be interested should something go wrong with the car. So that really made it easy to exclude them from the buying process. So I had visited their dealership three times, met with the owner twice and spoke to one of his colleagues on the phone and didn't impart any information, explained that it was car wasn't for me, it was a fairly relatively urgent purchase that need, needed to be bought uh, within two weeks. And I guess there's a whole lot of band signals there that they just ignored. So anyway, off I went to the to another dealer and arranged to test drive a car and was allowed to test drive the car by myself. So the, nobody sat beside me the first time I sat on the Fiat 500. And um, it was awful, and the noise of the car was incredible. Um, just, you know, changing gears, the car sounded very angry. Uh, There's a whole lot of stuff that I thought wasn't right with it, but I didn't know the car well enough. And I think those problems would have been ironed out had somebody sat beside me in the car. But more importantly, um, from what I can remember, there's about... There's a statistic that ranges either 65 or 70% of all test drives result in a sale. It's the time when you get the buyer at, um, at their most kind of either relaxed and or heightened in terms of wanting to know about the car. They want to know about the functionality. They want to know um, about miles per gallon, etc., etc. So I came back in about a minute and a half of the test drive and... Uh, just said there's something wrong with the car. No sign of any interest as to what was wrong with the car. Just here's the keys to another one, off you go. And I went off in a Peugeot 3008, a car that I'd never driven before. So I didn't know what to expect, but I felt that there was a rattle from underneath the side of the car. Now, this is this. these are all second-hand cars. They're priced just under 10,000 pounds. And in this climate, 
um, I know that the value of second-hand cars is high from a seller's perspective because components and parts and availability of new cars has decreased because of the pa pandemic, supply chain, production, whatever. And so we're, we're down to a higher than normal value for used cars. So when you're getting into a car, you're know, certain things that the buyer would need to be aware of and a seller would need to explain on the way through the process. Normally there's a couple of grand in it for the dealer, but that takes into account all of the costs of advertising, of cleaning, of fixing, of the basic selling of it. So the, that pro profit is eroded, but typically there's about two grand in the price. At least there was, maybe it's more now, I don't know. But I went back and explained there was a noise under the car and there was a button that wasn't working, which was an automatic stop-start button, which didn't really impede the driving experience. So that wasn't really important. Long story, very, very short. Um, that was three weeks ago and that car is still sitting outside the showroom and I haven't yet to have a phone call or um, a positive email encouraging me to come down and test drive the car again. I, d I drove it once. The guy said it was going to be put through the uh, workshop to be fixed. It was going to have full MOT and one year's warranty and all the usual stuff that you'd expect, but absolutely no interest from the seller. And so now I was running out of time. I'm living in the east coast of the north, just a, outside a village called Strangford. And my next call was to a dealership that I bought my own car from in Inniskillen, which is about an hour and 50 minutes away. They probably said, why didn't they ring this dealership first? I was fighting with the idea and then I thought it's all about proximity. These dealerships are within four or five miles away from where I live. It should be straightforward. This is in the middle of the summer. They can't be selling that many cars. They should be really, really open to a quick deal because that's all it was. And um, I spoke to the dealer principal of a franchise and a site of the Donnelly Group over in Fermanagh. And within about 10 minutes, the car that I'd identified on the website, which was a little bit more expensive and at 10,000 more miles, was um, agreed that I could get a test drive in it. Um, halfway between Strangford and Inniskillen. And when my friend came over from France and I drove him down, he took a test drive. He was in the car, I guess, for maybe five minutes, came back and put the thumbs up and the deal was done. And the only thing that differentiates that the place where we bought the car from the other two is that the dealer was interested in selling the car. It's as basic as that, in my very humble opinion, as a buyer and somebody who's observed sort of sales and coached salespeople, the only ingredient that was missing from the other two was that there was absolutely no interest shown in selling the car. Maybe they couldn't believe that somebody was going to come in and buy a car, not exchange one, and transfer to a money wire straight away because the the details were the same for every every um, dealer. It was, I need a car for my friend coming from France. It needs to be automatic and it needs to be at this price. Everything else is really irrelevant. Color, manufacturer, um, all that sort of stuff was really irrelevant. And 
the only ones that, that showed any interest at all was the a guy that's running a dealership. Um, the guy's name, I'm not, I'm not afraid to mention his name, is Paul, McMul- Paul McMulkin. And um, I'd spoken to a couple of his colleagues, one at Honda and the other one in another dealership, and they were all more than amenable. I had somebody from Fleet coming to me and saying, we may be able to sell you a car that's come to the end of its leasing. Um, but every single one of them was interested in selling the car. And I don't know if the market in used cars is so strong that people are so busy selling cars that they can let a deal like that slip by. But, you know, in a, in a, in a climate that we talk about, technology assisting salespeople and assisting in the buying process and given what has happened in the pandemic where dealerships have lost loads of people um, staff service the business model in the car industry has changed completely in the states the business model is changing even further where um, people are less and less interested in buying from a franchise and will ultimately start to um, look at a leasing model or a rental model um, but right now, if you want to buy a car, it's really hard to find somebody that is interested in selling one to you. So all the technology that's available to them in terms of CRM and uh, the online assisted stuff and the 360 views and your videos, that doesn't replace solid interest from the buyer towards the seller. And it really boils down to those very basic human um, characteristics and attributes that we value most when it comes to buying something that is significant we warm towards those people who are genuinely interested in us and that will look after us and will take care of us during the transaction and after that and I was surprised I don't know how this resonates with your own personal buying experiences or whether you've um, been able to stand up for some of the smaller organizations but when it comes to buying something, you need to be sure that you're going to be looked after during the transaction and you need to be sure that you're going to be looked after should something go wrong after the transaction. But if there's no interest from the seller, it doesn't really matter. Um, so I just wanted to share that because it's an industry space that I would have been familiar with having coached the, and worked in marketing and sales, sales coaching um, for a number of businesses. But I was really surprised at the kind of apathy and the, the lack of interest in, in this particular climate. And fair play to Paul at the Donnelly Group for pulling it out of the bag. Um, just at exactly the right time, the car was ready. Uh, Eric was here two days and the car was ready for him. Um, and everything was handled really, really easily. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to share that. Hope that kind of stimulates some of your thinking about how you operate yourselves and what you do in terms of embracing new customers to, to your business and how welcome you make them feel and how interested you are in not selling them something but it goes back to that idea of solving the problem that they have my problem wasn't that um, I needed a car my problem was that there was a specific car type needed by a certain date and the um, qualification process was really straightforward but no interest no sale